Good morning. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, friends. My name is Ron Basler, and I'm a member of this congregation, and I'm also one of its elected deacons. And one of my duties as a deacon is to regularly contact 17 people who are part of our church community. So as you can imagine, for the past, mostly this past year, these contacts have been by phone or email or snail mail or text. And when I ask folks how they're doing, I get responses like, hanging in, plugging along, I'm surviving. Once in a while, I'll hear a doing okay considering all things. That's probably the most positive response I'll hear. I haven't heard any praise the Lords lately. I'm also part of uh, Placentia Presbyterian's Vulnerable Communities Task Force. And we're charged with the task of looking at how our congregation can respond to the people and the groups in the community suffering because of racism, poverty, injustice. You know, we can't ignore the fact that many people today are grieving, anxious, tired, oh, tired of carrying heavy burdens. There's not too many praise the Lords there either. Now, you don't have to be a congregational deacon or a, a member of the Vulnerable Communities Task Force to know that sometimes, sometimes when you want to say or try to say, praise the Lord, it sort of gets stuck in your throat. I remember that sad song from the musical Godspell based on Psalm 137, psalm that was written when God's people were in exile in Babylon. Some of you remember that song. I was going to sing it this morning, but the voice is not there. On the willows there we hung up our lyres, for our captives required of us songs. Remember that one? And then there's that key line. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? This morning I might phrase it this way. How can we praise the Lord in the midst of a worldwide pandemic? How can we praise the Lord in a nation beset by political precariousness and division, unemployment, racial and economic turmoil. Yeah, there are times. There are times when the praise the Lord's get stuck on your throat. I've experienced those times and I'm guessing, I'm guessing some of you have experienced them too. In the past, or maybe you're experiencing them right now. You know, one of the Christian church's instruction books, the Westminster Catechism, asks this question, what is the chief end of human beings? That is to say, why are we here? And then it gives the answer, a human being's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. That's why we're here. That's why God created us. But what if, what if, even though you want to glorify God, even though you want to say praise the Lord, you just can't hack it? What if the praise the Lord gets stuck in your throat? Well, today we're going to look at a bit of Scripture, and this bit of Scripture hopefully will help us clear our throats so that we can say, praise the Lord. Let me read for you Psalm 111. If you've got your Bibles, you can get them out. We'll be using the new uh, NIV version this morning, the uh, new international version. 
Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are God's deeds and God's righteousness endures forever. The Lord has caused God's wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. The Lord provides food for those who fear the Lord. The Lord remembers God's covenant forever. God has shown the people the power of God's works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of God's hands are faithful and just. All God's precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. God provided redemption for the people. God ordained God's covenant forever. Holy and awesome is the Lord's name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow God's precepts have good understanding. Now I'm suggesting that this psalm is put together in a way that can help us sing again. That can help us say praise the Lord. What do I mean by that? Well, let me explain. My little grandson, Jules, is almost four. And he's starting to learn his letters. So there are picture books with letters. A is for apple, B is for ball, C is for cat. All the way through the alphabet. Well, this psalm that we just read was written in Hebrew. And if we were reading it in Hebrew, you'd see right off that, that it's an acrostic. Each phrase begins with one letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So the psalm marches right through the alphabet, praise the Lord, from A to Z. Now some of you are probably asking, and if you aren't, you should be, because you've got to listen. <laughs> some of you are probably asking, so what? How does this help me clear my throat? How does this help me say, praise the Lord? Well, I'm suggesting this psalm, this A to Z psalm, gives us a hint. You see, we might look around. We see the uneven rollout of the vaccine. We see the unrest in the nation's capital. We see so many upheavals on so many levels. We might see all of this and think, chaos rules the day. Well, this A to Z psalm, by its very construction, by the way it's put together tries to tug a little on our coat sleeve and say, hey, hey friend, appearances are not the full reality. There's a higher order at work here. There is an order above the chaos. Friend, the world is not going to hell in a handcart. God is still the ultimate reality. Now, I'm old enough to know that just pointing out this neat, orderly, constructed psalm isn't enough. I mean, it's a help, but it's not enough to clear our throats so we can say, praise the Lord. I know I need more than that. I think we all need more than that. And you know, this psalm gives us more. To help us see that more, I want you to think for a minute about Google Earth. How many of you have gone on Google Earth? Raise your hands. 
I got, I got, see, everybody here is raising their hand. <laughs> anyway, Google Earth. If you go to the Google Earth app, as I did the other day, you see on your screen the globe. And then you can zoom in closer, and I saw North America. Then I zoomed in farther, and I saw my home state of North Dakota. Then I zoomed in farther and saw my little tiny hometown. And then I zoomed in and zoomed in and zoomed in until I saw the roof of the very house where I grew up, way out in the country. Now most of us, most of the time, we spend our lives zoomed in on a very small world. We stay zoomed in on a very small time frame. My sister sent me this comment the other day. Cancel my subscription to 2021. I've tried the seven-day trial and I'm not interested. Well, when we stay focused on our little world, our little time, it really gets hard. It gets hard to clear our throats and say, praise the Lord. Well, this psalm invites us to zoom out to expand our vision of God, to expand our vision of life, to expand our vision of time. This, this psalm pulls us up, pulls us away from our little corners, pulls us above our little time. Some of the words that were used, especially in verses 5 through 9 in the psalm, God gives food, God does a covenant, God gives lands, God does redemption. These aren't just nice religious words, these aren't just pious words. These words are meant to remind us of what God has done in the past. God freed the people from slavery in Egypt. God fed them bread and meat in the wilderness. God gave them the law on Mount Sinai, firmed up the covenant. God brought them to the promised land. All of these words, by all of these words, the, psalm one, the psalmist wants you to know that you and I worship a God with a history. A God who has a history of saving and liberating God's people. Our God has a history. Now why is that important to know that our God has a history? Why will that help us clear our throats so we can say praise the Lord? Let me tell you a story. It's a true story. My grandfather came to this country in the 1920s. But some of his relatives, some of my relatives, in, stayed in what is now the Ukraine. Now, during the Russian Revolution and in the chaos that followed it, some of those relatives got killed. But some, along with many other German Christians living in the Ukraine at that time, got sent into exile to Siberia. Now, now Russia... Siberia was part of Russia. Siberia, Russia was officially an atheistic country. So it was illegal to meet for worship. And pastors and priests were killed. So for over 50 years, over half a century, they could not gather to sing the Lord's songs. We've had 10 months. We think it's impossible. 50 years. Now, late in the 1970s, the Russian government promoted glasnost, or openness in society, and guess what? The Christian faith reappeared in Siberia. 
After 50 years, congregations sprang up and gathered for worship. Turns out, Christian men and women in their private homes kept the stories alive, kept reminding each other of God's history, kept reading their Bibles, kept teaching their children about how God showed up in the past. And so they hung on for dear life to the promises that if God did it in the past, God could do it again. And finally, after 50 years, 50 years of whispering and murmuring the words in their throats, they could open the doors, gather together, clear their throats, and shout it out, Praise the Lord! So, first of all, this little A to Z psalm reminds us that behind the chaos, there is order. That ultimately, God is still in charge. Then second... This little A to Z psalm reminds us that God has a history. A history of caring and saving God's people. So, is this enough? Does this give you enough encouragement to clear your throat and say praise the Lord? Maybe yes. Maybe no. But today let me tell you that we have more. Those of us who call ourselves Christians, we claim that not only does God have a history, our God has a face. We believe that God decided we needed more than a history, more than a list of past events. God decided we needed to see God's face. We Christians claim that the God of the universe, the God of history, has chosen to reveal God's self in the one we call Jesus the Christ. So this God in the flesh encounters our fractured world, embraces bewildered and battered people like you and like me, and by his life and by his death, he announces that love is stronger than hate, love is stronger than death, that God's kingdom is stronger than any earthly regime. This God in the flesh enters our history and says, You are my beloved child. I will never let you go. So today I'm reminding you that God is still in charge, that God has a history, and that God in Christ has shown you God's own face. So with all of that, maybe, just maybe, You and I, waiting for vaccines, exhausted with Zoom meetings, juggling kids and jobs and caregiving, maybe, just maybe, you and I can find the courage and the energy to say along with the Bible's songwriter, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Now, should we say amen right there and leave it there? Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, that feels good and it, f- it feels right. But our little A to Z psalm has a surprise ending. It has a surprise ending that grabs our attention. The psalm ends this way. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. So we're going to end this morning's message by zooming back into our unique moment in history. This specific time, 2021, and this specific place, 
North Orange County. We're going to end the message this morning by asking this question. If we are a people who here and now dare to say praise the Lord, how then shall we live into our tomorrow? How does this praise the Lord living, how does this praise the Lord shape our living? How does this praise the Lord shape our acting? The A to Z Psalm announces that wise praise the Lord living begins by fearing the Lord. Now, preachers forever have asked the question, is fear an emotion of terror or is fear an emotion of awe and wonder? Well, guess what? The psalm, the A to Z psalm, doesn't see fear as an emotion at all. What does it say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. The fear of the Lord is about following. It's not an emotion at all. It's about doing. It's about acting. The fear of the Lord is about moving. So dear friends in Christ, when we trust that our God is order above the chaos, when we remember the faithful actions of God in the past, when we look into the welcoming face of our Lord and Savior, we say praise the Lord and we move forward into our future. Amanda Gorman a 22-year-old youth poet laureate from right here in California recited a poem at the presidential inauguration and these lines caught my, caught my ear. We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be. This church, this congregation, Placentia Presbyterian, is called to move, not back to what was, to old ways of being the church, of doing the church, we are called to move forward to what shall be. We are called by God to be Christ's hands and feet and heart in this time, in this community. This is our mission because it's God's mission. So today, my friends, may God's Holy Spirit give us the courage to sing praise the Lord and move forward in hope and joy. Let it be so. And let all God's children say, Amen. Amen.